0: Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's July 25th, 2018. I'm Justin Labar. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast talking SmackDown from this week, and we are being joined by Wrestling Inc. He is the Vince McMahon of Wrestling Inc. He is Mr. Raj (laughs) Gary. Raj, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm always good when we come off of an exciting show, and uh, usually it's Glenn and I talking about this, and and I'll I'll say the same thing to you. SmackDown, once again, just it gives me more excitement. It's uh, tight. It's crisp. I feel like they give me enough, but they also leave a little bit more to be desired. Uh, it's like the perfect, perfect storm.
1: Yeah, man. It's not like, uh, you know, Raw, all these segments feel like they're doing the same segment week after week after week, whereas SmackDown feels like it's different. The matches are different. Rusev and Andrade Cien Almas, we've never seen that. Um, we've seen Sanity and the New Day, but there was a reason for it. There's a, a, there's a, you know, there's a stip. There's a reason to care about who wins. Same as Becky Lynch and Asuka. Uh, the Miz segment was really entertaining for what it was. Again, it's not the same segment they're doing week after week. Um, I, they did a, you know they did a segment last week, but that was completely different. So um, I thought it was a strong show. Um, it's just weird how different it is from Raw because it's not just the same match over and over and over, and I, I like that, and I agree. I believe SmackDown has been a much stronger show than Raw uh, since the Superstar shakeup for sure.
0: Somebody asked me this week on my wrestling reality podcast that, uh, that comes out on Wednesday afternoons uh, and they asked Labar. Somebody they asked me, they said, why is more effort being put in, put into SmackDown than Raw? And I, I answered, I don't think it's more effort. I actually think that, and I, I think I know this, there's more bodies and more man hours going into Monday Night Raw. For but sure. I think that can, that can sometimes be a detriment. And then it's, it's, it's the too many cooks in a kitchen. I think that there's effort being put towards SmackDown, but it's a little bit more streamlined. I think Raw it's, I think there's just too many factors to, 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 to play into. And I think it, it, it oftentimes shoots itself in the foot and having a third hour and they're going to have to regurgitate, Hey, this is the announcement from earlier. Or, hey, this is the matchup we've seen earlier. I don't think it's WWE's not trying. I just think they, they can't get out of their own way when it comes to Monday Night Raw.
1: Yeah. It feels like they just, uh, they get overwhelmed with Raw each week. And so instead of mixing and matching and trying different things, they just do the same thing. I mean, you know, we're seeing the same segments over and over for three to four weeks pretty much in a row. I mean, how how long, how many times have we seen the Hardys with the B team now? It's been five weeks in a row. They're involved in this, you know, same segment. No one cares who wins or loses. Um I, I, you know, with Raw, it's like where to begin. It's uh I agree with you. I think it's just too many cooks in the kitchen to where it's just easier to kind of coast. Whereas SmackDown, they're kind of mixing and matching and trying different things. And, and there, there seems to be more of a focus, more of a uh, more of a goal, and more of a, a, a way to get there um, than for Raw, for sure.
0: Well, we started SmackDown last night, and we get the uh, what every wrestling fan loves to see. When we see the limousine pulling up, who doesn't get that giddy late 90s feeling? Absolutely. in the limo? But no real breaking surprise outcomes. Miz uh, and Maurice, and they bring out uh, their daughter, uh, Monroe Sky. Uh, that's obviously going to be a big theme of the night. And of course, the uh, Miz and Mrs. show will air after SmackDown. Maybe we'll touch on that <laughs> a little bit later on. Uh, so we, we tease that uh, Miz and Maurice. Uh, we haven't seen Maurice uh, for quite some time since having uh, their daughter. So she's going to be part of the show tonight. Uh, and we get Randy Orton. Randy Orton in the ring. Uh, obviously, we we've we've seen him attack uh, Jeff Hardy. It was comical in some ways, him attacking Jeff Hardy as he's pulling the earring and yelling you know, why did I do this? You'll have to wait and find out. And I was pretty kind of cynical myself thinking, okay, this is going to be a ridiculous explanation of why he's attacking Jeff Hardy. But I got to say, whether it was the writers who wrote it or whether Randy Orton just took a general concept and put his own execution, his own spin on it, I thought in his very lengthy career, this is one of Randy Orton's best promos where he basically talks about, you know, he talks about the indie darling and that's why fans don't like him. And you know, he he takes a little shot at uh, the Bullet Club and everybody that do the, that does the two sweet hand gesture, uh, and he says, you know, 16 years ago I was the legend killer, but no, it's you fans that are legend killer. Um, you know, just because I don't paint my face like Jeff Hardy and change my merch colors, you know, maybe a shot at John Cena. Yeah, he really just took to task everybody, and, and fans seem to react to those real type feel uh, promos. And I was one of them. I thought this was a a great promo, and I'm looking forward to seeing if and how Jeff Hardy can counterpunch verbally.
1: Yeah. Um, first off when, when the Miz and Maurice came out, uh, they got, you know, Maurice got a pretty big pop and then the pop for the baby <laughs> was, the baby got probably one of the biggest pops of the night. Um, but yeah, so w- with the Orton thing, I agree with you. I think Orton looks refreshed. Uh, he, he's clearly uh better situated as a heel. I mean, he's more comfortable. He's, he seems awake. whereas before he seemed like he's going through the motions and
0: I thought, Wait, are you saying that you're saying that Randy Orton's walking?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, he seems like a main event guy now, uh, whereas before he just you just didn't want to see him in a main event. So he seems he seems refreshed back. Uh, and uh, that sinister, that ear thing, I wasn't on the you know, as you and Glenn uh, last week and Glenn will be back next week. He's uh, uh, he's been out this week. But um that ear thing, I've you know, I haven't seen anything like that in wrestling. And, you know, you've seen all sorts of hardcore stuff and things like that very few things that really made me cringe and uncomfortable. And that was, that was one of them. So I thought that was great. And one thing I didn't like about the promo was the content itself of what he was saying. Just, I feel like they've done that too many times where someone turns heel and it's not something personal. And I'd rather it be something personal with him and Jeff, whatever storyline excuse you come up with. But there's a reason why he targeted Jeff personally, but to just be like the fans, uh, you know, didn't care while I was gone. That's been done a lot. You know, there's been so many times where someone turns heel and their big explanation is just the fans didn't care or that they want to make an impact, you know, and and, and want to take their spot. And that's it, as opposed to something more personal. But that being said, I thought Orton delivered it perfectly and it was
0: well done. Well, I'll give it to you that, sure, this is not uh, original in terms of blaming the fans, but I I think to (laughs) WWE's credit of them deciding to do this, is that it is proven and Randy Orton's kind of the right guy to do this because Randy Orton's not a guy who's real active on social media he's not a guy even anymore that does a whole lot of interviews like he's he's pretty protected he's not he's not somebody who has who the internet has a lot of access to I just lack of a better phrasing so for him and he's one of the WWE guys, right? He's not—he's never been, ever been classified as as, a, as an indie guy, and he's been a WWE. He's gonna be a WWE lifer. His family's been. So I think him saying those things that that, that hit the real chord, you know, taking shots at the Bullet Club and what have you. I, I think it's effective to do, and I and I think WWE knew that they would get they would get the reaction out of it, and and they did. And I so I I would rather that versus something really corny. If we're gonna try to make it personal with he and Jeff Hardy, I mean, how well do you think they're gonna execute? You know, Jeff, I've been here supporting my family, and I see that you're still ending up on TMZ with a car accident. So like, I mean, if, if they went full throttle to it, yeah, but they wouldn't. They probably won't go full throttle. So I, I'm fine with this explanation that he gave.
1: Yeah, that's the problem is you can't trust WWE with a good backstory line, right? Like, uh, you know, yeah, Orton saying, like Hardy springing up, you know, over him. You know, that's that's also kind of corny. But if there was something that happened during Orton's time off and we don't know and there's something personal there, that could be intriguing. That's something almost where you need a Paul Heyman to kind of write that story. But, um, you know, something where Orton's mm-hmm. been waiting to get back at Hardy for something that happened while he was gone. And, you know, if that's something that I think would be intriguing. You don't know what it is, because otherwise it's just random. Why just pick Hardy? Why isn't he going yeah. through er- everybody? Um, why isn't he, didn't he attack Nakamura as well? And, you know, just be going through going nuts on everyone. So, uh, that again, I thought it was well done. That would be my only qualm. I miss those personal storylines where it's heated, uh, you know, between two individuals. Um, but, you know, again, I really like this segment. I thought it was the best Orton select in a long time.
0: Well, and we'll see what Jeff already has to say back. <clears throat> you know, promos have never been necessarily Jeff's strongest point. He, he does a lot more talking in the ring. So we'll, we'll see, you know <sighs> – Lately, Jeff Hardy's kind of, I think, again, this is a conversation Glenn and I've had. Lately, Jeff Hardy kind of has that, that Bray Wyatt effect where he says a whole lot of things, a lot of riddles and giddles, and you're like, what did he just say? So we'll see if we can get uh, something out of Jeff. And I like Jeff, but I'm just calling you know—calling it like it is. Uh, we'll see if we can get something that really, you know, we'll see if we can get some sound bites out of him that can be placed in that video package and really hype up an, uh, an inevitable match, you think, maybe for SummerSlam. Between.
1: I agree. Like, lately, ever since he's brought the face paint back, um he just doesn't seem as much as a as a top guy for some reason to me with it as as he does without it and i i maybe it's because i've seen that like it seems dated to me because he did it for so long in the past but also the promos he has he's been doing since he started doing that have just been so nonsensical they don't they don't click they just sound like he's reading and yeah i think the bray wyatt uh, analogy is is perfect but but you know i think orton is making this uh, something to see. I don't know if they're going to do a one-on-one. Uh, it, it doesn't look like they have anything for Nakamura right now, and Nakamura seems kind of involved with this. So I, I almost see it as going as
0: a three-way at SummerSlam. Nakamura's doing Burger King commercials. So. Yes, but... <laughs> believe that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, moving on. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that keeps uh, progressing with Orton and Hardy. Uh, we got their first match of the night. It was Rusev versus Andrade, Cien Almas. They also showed a backstage interaction with Lana and Zelina Vega, the two uh, FEMA valets we have right now. Uh, Aiden English not out with Rusev uh, at the start, but he would eventually make his way out there. Uh, and it would be uh, relevant as there would be a little bit of a miscommunication amongst uh, Aiden and Lana. And all in all, Andrade, and Almas will get the win uh, which then leads to a backstage that we see where uh, Lana and Aiden English going at it. We, we, we—they've been teasing at this for a few months. They go back and forth on whether or not they commit to it. Uh, and then Rusev kind of uh, played dad, broke them up, and kind of hinted that maybe neither of them are going to be associated with him moving forward. Uh, I, I get nervous about this because I think this is—I think they haven't even scratched the surface of how the potential of what these three could do together with, with, with Lana's charisma and look. English's uh, ability to do the entrance, and obviously Rusev's over. They haven't even scratched a surface on how successful this Rusev Day trio could be. So I, I get, I get fearful that they might disband it before it even starts.
1: Yeah, and I think that'd be a big mistake. I, I'm with you. I, uh, first off, I think uh, I, I like this match. You know, I, when Andrade Cien Almas beat, I, I mean, lost to AJ Styles last week. <laughs> You know, I can see why they did it. I know a lot of times just being in the ring with the champion and being that competitive gets you over, especially when you're not really doing anything. And he wasn't, uh, I, I'm never a fan of beating someone with a lot of potential right off the bat, you know, so soon. But in that case, I felt like that was something that because it was such a good match, it, it could help him as long as how they book him after. If he, he's booked to lose right after that, then it does nothing. Uh, You just set him on a losing streak, and that rarely ever helps out anyone. Um, But you get him some wins after that and then put him in a big program. uh, Then you're on to something. So I I, I like how they did this. I like that he beat Rusev, someone who was just in the world title match. Um, I like that there was a story with Rusev, but I agree with you. I think that they haven't really done the Rusev day trio. They they teased it for a while. Then it was back to Rusev and Aiden. Uh, Then Lana just kind of got back in again. And I'd like to see them go with the trio, turn babyface, get Rusev some wins, and then down the road, if it's not working, have Aiden turn heel. And you could have an Aiden-Rusev feud or something like that. But I, I, I agree with you. I think it's too soon to, to split them when they've never, they haven't even been a trio. Lana hasn't even really been with Rusev. Um, so it, it's, I'd like to see a little more uh, cohesiveness in that story.
0: Well, and there's a lot of factors at play here. There is, you know, yeah, we, we saw Aiden English actually with uh, Lana for a week. You know, there was, I think there was, there was that. So yeah, they really haven't committed to it. And uh, again, to, you know, talking about a past conversation that's been on this podcast is, you know, if you have this trio and Lana, you know, they they every now and then they put Lana back in the ring, and I think every time they do, we see a little bit of improvement. Mm-hmm. Fans obviously get behind Lana; they want to see Lana. She's over, so you know it, 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 that's enough reason to, to 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 keep with this. Um. You know, you look for a situation of okay, where can Lana, where where can we do a mixed tag? You know, I mean, the you know you, the only other trio with a woman is you. You have the Usos and Naomi, but the Usos are doing their own thing in the tag situation. Um, so this kind of presents a very great possibility to get Zelina Vega, who's also very good in ring, or at least has experience in ring. This gets a chance to get her involved, and to where we could have uh, Rusev Lana versus uh, Almas uh, Vega if they want to uh, pursue that. And I and I do like the fact, obviously, Almas is the heel, so I like the fact this kind of seems like WWE's finally at least made their mind up that they're gonna let Brusev be on the baby face side of the fence. You know, it was back and forth. Some weeks they yeah. let him be heel, some weeks he's face. Obviously he, you know, positioned as a heel against an AJ Styles, but still got cheers here in Pittsburgh in that match. So putting him up against an almus seems like they're finally saying, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna run with this.
1: Yeah. As long as that's the long-term feud, uh, you know, and, and I hope that was, I hope that's what it was, was the start of a program between them. Summerslam's already uh, looking pretty loaded. So I don't know if that makes it to the card. Um, you know, we're still a month away or, well, or hey, if, it, if they,
0: if they put it on the pre-show, I'll be there in New York. It just gives me actually more encouragement to actually get in the building early.
1: Absolutely. Uh, hey, I'd rather see that than Mojo and Bobby Roode.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but uh, another thing, did you notice Lana basically didn't have the accent uh, at all backstage? She, she I, she's last, been like kind of dropping it a little bit, but last night was the first time I noticed like it was almost completely
0: not there. From what I've noticed in the, in the recent weeks, when she is talking, she, well, she tends to do the accent like when she wants to get really mad. But even last night, she's already with English. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty much just her English accent. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I don't mind it though. To me, it's just kind of fun. It's um, it's almost like it's a. It's almost like it's um. It's almost like when you watch a certain show, and it's like it's like a comedy joke that's just for the inside, just for like the really keen fans that are that are paying attention. I think it's kind of funny that if she'll, you know, maybe just turn the accent on when she needs to, like you know, does a promo in her normal voice, but then maybe when she needs to hit that hit that tagline, she breaks out the Russian. I think it's fun to me. I don't know, but then again, I she could. Then again, she could like, run over my dog and she does not no wrong to me.
1: All so. right, like Booker T with the King Booker. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think to be taken more as a main event act, and I I really do see Rusev and Lana as a main event act. I think she just needs to drop it completely. It looks silly when she's doing it, and then they show a total Divas commercial where she doesn't have it at all, you know, within the show. It's one thing if it was... Even that is completely different. It's still a WWE thing. Just to, just keep it, those things a little consistent, but um, I got a question for you. If... If Rusev had almost his haircut, do you think
0: they could pass his brothers? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to Photoshop this in my head. Um, yeah. they, I, I don't know about brothers, but they mean, look a lot alike. Really? And,
1: yeah. Wait, look at pictures of them side to side, and picture that haircut. I'm telling you. All
0: right, I'll All I'm right. gonna do it right now, but I will pull a pitch out. That's that's but that that was not the question I was expecting to be asked. But,
1: um. <laughs> I know Glenn lo- does a lot of sidebars with you, so I thought I'd throw one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, um, R-Truth it gets a match against Samoa Joe, um, obviously, and as we find out a little bit later, it's going to make sense of seeing Samoa Joe uh, make pretty pretty quick work of, of truth. I want to give R-Truth a minute on this pocket. I don't know how often R-Truth gets talked about. I think it's pretty actually, first off, I don't know if anybody else noticed, or if I'm a loser, he actually had new lyrics to his What's Up song. He did. Partly. He yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else notices this. Um, it, it's pretty amazing if you actually stop and think because, like, our truth you know, he hasn't been on TV a lot. I don't know if he's been hurt or what he's what yeah, is, he
1: he had shoulder surgery last okay. December, and this so this was his first uh singles match since he came. All right,
0: so truth's been gone for a while, but obviously, he's been he's been steadily employed by WWE for many years now, and of course, even prior to that, he was with TNA, and then prior to that, he was k Quick in WWE. I just think it's pretty amazing. I don't think enough people talk about him. Granted that he hasn't had like a consistent time at the top, like a Randy Orton has. You know, Randy's never dropped so far in the card. But I think it's just pretty amazing to think that in this day and age, with the amount of you know revolving door we see of guys going in and guys going out and the indies and whatever, our Truth has stayed readily employed with the two major companies. More so, majority of it being with the major company in WWE. I just don't. I just had a moment thinking about the last night. I was like, I don't know if enough people talk about how well or how Truth does something right, not just in the ring, but obviously. The way he handles himself business-wise and backstage that he's been kept with a company for this many years
1: yeah i mean him at, at goldist as well i mean goldist does yeah. have the lineage but uh r-truth is 46. um he's had he but it's crazy the thing he's actually had two uh he's had headline two wwe pay-per-views one at, in a singles match with john cena and then uh the other one he teamed with the miz against the rock and, and john cena and obviously that the the draw there was the rocks uh comeback match and him teaming with cena but Regardless, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, him Goldust to be able to not be a headliner for you know most of their careers. Uh, I don't know if
0: Goldust ever main evented a pay per view. I don't think he
1: did. Uh, well, in the
0: I think the, I think in the nineties, I think some stuff with the Undertaker. Maybe he might have, but
1: it, was it did it was it the main event or was it? Uh, I don't think I don't think it was ever the the you mean, uh, like
0: last match.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was a big character in the nineties for sure, but yeah. He, I don't think he ever got a world title match on pay per view. Probably not a pay
0: per view. I, I know, yeah. I know, he had, I know we had a main event match, probably on a Raw with a Shawn Michaels when Shawn sure, was sure, sure. on top, and I and I know he did Self a Taker, but yeah, pay per view, you're probably right, probably never last.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, to to never be at that level and then have this kind of longevity and and, and stick around and uh, it's amazing. Um, so, you know, probably, you know, kudos to them, and you know, our truth especially, he was cut pretty early from WWE when he was K Quick, and you know, went to TNA and came back and, you know, he's, he's stuck around. So props to him and let out, let, let, let's so, not let Joe did give him quite a bit in this match. It was short, but, uh, it wasn't a total squash. Like with Ty Dillinger,
0: yeah, no, Joe or yeah. Truth did come out, hit like his, hit some of his signature stuff uh, before Joe cut him off and, uh, and they went to the the submission finish. But, uh, and let's not forget, well, we're doing our tribute to our truth here. Uh, not only, <laughs> not only did he have, not only did he have his K quick days, and then he had his, you know, you know, Ron the Truth Days and TNA, and he's had his R Truth days. He also got hammered with Randy the Ram and the wrestler. So that's right. That's, that's right. There's, there's a lot of highlights that that you know his, his Hall of Fame video package is going to be very, very dynamic. You day. know what I
1: I honestly think with how bad the tag division is on Ron Brandon Goldus, I know he had surgery, so he's not coming back anytime soon. But when he does, I'd love to see him and our truth as a tag team going and and they had that comical tag team thing. And and that sucked. But I'm like, as a serious team, as these two legends who want one more run, you know, one more run with the titles, and this is like their last chance. And I think fans could really get behind it if you tell that story right. You show their career highlights, you show all that they've done. I think, I think that's a story that people really get behind.
0: Well, it's a big if there. I mean, you know, they did they they, they teased it with Goldust somewhere in the last twelve months. I don't remember when, but they, you know, Goldust got on, you know, they they he started doing the the Hollywood promos again quoting movies and then and, and, and they start like it looked like he was going to have like that one more run and like it was like two or three weeks and then
1: yeah well, I don't know I think that just it just wasn't clicking with that again um, the fans weren't responding and Grant, I think they gave up on it too quick and I think they should have put him in with someone else as well I think once he beat our truth and it just keep sticking with it I thought fans just didn't care but I, I would like to see them try more with that but they didn't and but I think that uh, that storyline could work because I think fans, you know, you get nostalgic with certain things. I think uh, really pushing the, the storied careers. I mean, not storied. Stor- the Goldist has definitely had a storied career, but uh, just the longevity and, and how long they've been around could, you know, get fans behind them.
0: we we'll moving into some women's action. Uh, we have a backstage interview uh, briefly with Asuka, and they're teasing Asuka versus Billy Kay coming up next. So we get um... – uh, we get this match, Asuka and Billy Kay. Uh, Asuka gets the win here. Uh, definitely, I think a, a win needed for Oscar. Um, I'm not ruling it out, which we'll get to in a second. I'm not ruling out that she might, that Oscar might, th- this that the women's match at SummerSlam might uh, have, uh, you know, might be a you know fatal four way or something. Uh, but Asuka certainly needs to get some some more wins under her belt, and she beats Billy Kay. And Billy Kay, you know, the Iconics certainly have some momentum as well. They've been uh, heavily featured, uh, so a win against Billy Kay, you know does matter, I think, in, in in some small regard. I
1: mean, it's good she didn't lose. They, they've taken yeah. so much steam off of Asuka that it's unbelievable. Like, uh, she does not seem forget hot. She doesn't even seem lukewarm now. You know, she just seems like a, they, they made her another person on the roster in the four months since uh, since WrestleMania. I mean, it's been, a, you know, just a rapid decline uh, three months since WrestleMania. But yeah. um, I, I just think you had Asuka who was hot. Uh, you had Charlotte, who was, you know, on a roll. Uh, you you had Sasser, ben- you know, you have all these talented women, and I, I just hate that they they're focusing on Carmella and Alexa Bliss. Uh, and I think Alexa is a tremendous uh, character, but she's not there in the ring that people see her at that level. Uh, same as Carmella, and so it it, it takes the women's division down uh, several notches. And I think if you put the focus on your Becky Lynch's and Oscar's and Charlotte's and, you know, and off, obviously I think Rousey because of her star power and on Ron, Sasha Bailey. Um I think it'll help the division a lot. Cause right now I think on both, on both sides, it just feels like such an afterthought because of, because of who's on top. And, and Carmella just has that, you know, Jim Ross said it on his podcast. She doesn't have that heat where you want to see people, uh, get their revenge against her. She has that go away heat where you just find it obnoxious and corny, and you just want to change the channel for a bit.
0: Well, I think <clears throat> you know, Alexa Bliss is super talented, and she's a pro wrestling. While she's a great heel, I, I do think you know, the visuals a little bit. You know, her versus Ronda. You know, the fact that Ronda could just you know look like she could just throw her over her knee and snap her in half. You know, Carmella, I don't mind. Especially, I don't mind Carmella being the, the 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 chicken shit heel and having you know this line of of of. Legitimate, incredible people chasing after. I mean, I, I will say with Carmella, the James Ellsworth effect can maybe sometimes be a backfire. That maybe James Ellsworth, people are more excited to, to see James Ellsworth get beat up uh, than they are Carmella. Um, so, you know, but but it also yeah, goes back yeah. to what we just said. You know, we said SmackDown's in the sweet spot of two hours. We could make a case that there's these other women that are being left off, but then all of a sudden we're talking about, okay, now we need a third hour to accomplish that. So, I mean, I think. You know, the only thing left now that we have evolution coming, the only thing left to do is have an all women's weekly show. That's the only thing that's left, and that then the revolution of women will be complete. Uh, and that will then allow more characters and stories to be developed.
1: And, and, and Justin, to your point, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think Alexa Bliss has a, has a you know, is really good with her character. And Carmella, uh, I think she's very confident in the ring and has a lot of positive things, but that shouldn't be enough to be the top person. Like, Aiden English is very entertaining, but he should not be world champion. Yeah. You know, you need to have that credibility as well, where fans see you as a champion. Like, you're the top person in that division, and if you're a heel that you're really good and they really want to see you get beat and you need a really strong challenger, Carmella just isn't that. And I think, you know, and I think Asuka, they, they wasted something there because her and Rousey could have been such a big money match. And I think I I don't think you can get back there. Like now, asuka has been damaged so much. You can get her back on a you know winning streak and hot again, but it's just not going to be the same as if they kept her hot.
0: Yeah, looking back in hindsight, it's almost um, you almost wonder if Oscar would have been better off just letting her. You know, she her first match was last October. I was there for that uh, TLC. I almost wonder if they would have been better off just waiting until after Mania to let her come to the main roster to to so that way they had less. Less time to damage her, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> right. When they have her competitive with Emma in her very first match, and Emma takes like 70% of the match, and they're build, building her as a killer leading up to it, you know, they, they, they kind of taken some of the shine right off the bat.
0: And then Emma's gone a week later, so. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, all right. Well, it, you know, whatever. We, we, Again, we, can, we can all book hindsight 2020. Oh, Oscar should have came in, beat the hell out of Emma, and then, and then Emma gets Emma, they fire Emma, but Emily's Emma because she got so injured by Oscar. I don't know, but
1: but yeah. it's not it's not even hindsight twenty twenty because everyone was saying that then. Yeah, well, she, she, so she, everyone she... was right then, and you know,
0: <laughs> I mean, who knows? I I still don't know the story. Maybe, maybe they gave Emma as much as they did because it was maybe they were trying to keep her. Maybe they knew that she was she was that unhappy. I don't know. Uh, okay. Then well, Booker, if I, I, regardless I, I, who you're doing, Oscar I, should be killing in her first match. <laughs> I leave it to you to interview Emma one day and get the answers to this. Well,
1: it's not—it's not an Emma thing. It's about whoever Oscar's <laughs> first. I'm making it an Emma thing.
0: I'm making an Emma thing. All right. Uh, so we do get some more, um, uh, some more in, uh, progression, maybe, with the Randy Orton Jeff Hardy thing, as we see Shinsuke Nakamura backstage. Uh, he has some. Uh, Words for Hardy and Orton, he taunts uh, about them coming close to to winning, um, and he warns Orton to be careful because he bites back, obviously playing off the whole Viper thing. So, uh, you know, potentially a triple threat, as you said earlier, you know, Nakamura, you know, kind of floating here. He doesn't have anything to do besides Burger King commercials, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Again, now now we've heard from Nakamura, so we still need to hear from Jeff Hardy and see what this is exactly is building to, but...
1: And, yeah, uh, I mean, who else do they got? I mean, I guess you could do Rusev. If they're not doing Rusev and Almas, I guess you could do Rusev, but... Other than that, there's not really any other baby faces that, that don't
0: have anything. And and I'm a Rusev fan, but I'd actually rather see the i I'd rather see the mixed tag we talked about earlier of Rusev and and Lana and Alma, Elvis and uh, Vega because I think that at least that would be interesting. Like people would be like, Okay, we could see Lana in a ring, we could see Vega in a ring, which we don't we haven't seen yet. So I think that would be more interesting than Rusev being put in another mixed or another multi man match for a mid card title. I feel like we've seen that a lot. So
1: Well, I I, I agree with that, but I I almost want to see Orton and Hardy in a one on one. Sure. you know, instead of a three-way because I, I feel like already the angles have been so great that putting it in a three-way kind of waters that down when it should be between Orton and Hardy. And for that reason alone, I'd almost like to see Nakamura in a one-on-one feud with someone else. And the only one I could think of is Rusev, even though he just lost. So I'd rather see him, you know, uh, with someone come uh, on a bit of a win streak.
0: We get the reminder that, uh, Miz and Maurice and their daughter are in the house. We see the paparazzi doing the photos and such. So, uh, just again, uh, stringing us along, letting us know that there's more to come for that. Of course, again, the uh, big, big countdown to the premiere of the reality show later in the evening. Uh, but we get to turn to the second hour uh, where they have Paige in the ring. We have a contract signing and announcement of who's going to be the next challenger uh, for AJ Styles in the WWE Championship. Uh, AJ comes out, uh, makes a mention at first about actually the evolution, kind of talks about it. You know, the the big moment that this is going to be for the women, and then talks about how it makes him think about his daughter. So.
1: Um, yeah, you know, we saw we, one of AJ's better promos in a while. I thought,
0: yeah, it, it was genuine. Um, you know, we and, and this is co- this goes with a theme for the week. Obviously, Roman Reigns made a reference to this in his backstage promo at Raw about you know being a night of first and the business, you know, such moving on. So uh, they're definitely making a point to have their top guys, um, you know, get on the PR train of, of this big this big deal that is the women's only show, which can be um,
1: good and bad. Like Braun doing yeah. it, I thought was there's ser- certain people that shouldn't be doing it.
0: Yeah, Braun. You're right. Braun was another one who did it exactly. Uh, so, that being that, it's a whole other topic. I'm sure that we'll <laughs> di- dissect as the months lead up to the the right. big show. Uh, but then AJ gets into where he's ready. Uh, you know, he's ready, ready for another opponent. It's it's his house. Um, James Ellsworth comes out um, saying that he <laughs> should be the, uh, the number one contender, and that he's beat AJ, which is true uh, several times. Um, I feel like I,
1: for some reason, I just feel like they shouldn't <laughs> be bringing that up at this point. You know. <laughs> Just let people forget about it, because as soon as... It's, it's oh, this wasn't, like,
0: a, this wasn't as bad as Oscar Emma. This was at least done with some comedic uh, right. formula to it. It was funny, but, uh,
1: you know, AJ, he's not being booked the strongest right now, even though he's WWE champion. His match can't even go on last at at the last pay-per-view. They throw the Intercontinental title match on. Well, um, it, the thing with AJ,
0: though, is it, it's almost like... It, it, this is almost a little bit like the CM Punk um situation yes. they had yep aj aj every ma- you know aj's reliable every match he has you know i mean every match I, I could get in the ring with him we'd have a good match um every match he has is good um it's it's good the, the people are into it um it delivers it, it's almost like he's beaten so many people and he and he's had such a lengthy i mean he's had it for over 200 days or whatever it is now i mean he had, he's had such a lengthy run that by today's standards at least that that's all that his. That's all that his storyline is. Is just okay. I'm the guy. This is my house. The place. The you know, i on the, the the face that builds this place and runs the place. I'm phenomenal. Blah blah blah. All the catchphrases. Just keep lining them up and I'll knock them down. That's kind of what CM Punk's deal was when he was champion. It was just you know I'm the best in the world. i beat everybody. Um, you know so w- where the fault lies and you know where whatever. But it's like that. That's kind of why you know I don't that that's kind of why it doesn't go on last all the time. Cause it's, it's great, but it's like, it's not necessarily the story. That's the most interesting, so to speak, you know, it's just,
1: yeah. And AJ, so AJ hasn't, I don't think he's ever headlined a, a dual branded pay-per-view. He, he headlined it when, you know, it was a SmackDown only. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, your point with CM Punk. And if you remember the almost CM Punk's whole reign until he turned heel, his match never went on last. Right. It was always Cena. there was one pay-per-view where, uh, where CM Punk was the WWE champion and Daniel Bryan, and granted this was before Daniel Bryan was super over, um, but he was a world heavyweight champion and they had them wrestle. And that wasn't the last match on the pay-per-view. Right. Um, So, you know, it's clear that when they, who they see at what level, and even though you're the champion, the world champion, they might not see you at the top level. And it's, and you know, it's kind of clear that they don't see AJ as the top guy. They see him as the top guy for the B brand, but if they come up with a great storyline, they're gonna th- you know throw it for something on Raw.
0: Well, and there's also the the you know there's the live event factor, and I think we we, we tend to forget this sometimes when, when when we're having these conversations, which is, um you know AJ Styles you know he again he's reliable he's the world champion he he deserves to be world champion based upon his performance but it's okay he's the world champion so we can we can rely on him to go last at all the live events and to keep the ticket buyers there and to sell tickets to the to the to the you know, non TV shows, but yeah, when it does come to TV, is he the most interesting story to end it? Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, live event factor, he's a great guy to finish live events. Right. I mean, and, that's, and, that's, and, that's, big, and that's, and that's, and that's a big part of the business.
1: Yeah. But you know, again, he's, and I, I, don't, and I don't mean this against AJ cause I, would like to see him get more, but he's headlining the B shows, yeah. you know, which do lower attendance. He's, he, and, and people are pointing out that AJ did before the brand split, he did uh headline, a couple of pay-per-views with
0: Roman Reigns, but, um, but, yeah, not since. So uh, Ellsworth continues on with Paige. Uh, he does some back and forth. He makes fun of Page's and her look, um, which, you know, this was actually a great interaction because you have James Ellsworth, who obviously is, you know, that's all part of his gimmick is how obnoxious and ugly he is. And there he is making fun of uh, the looks of Paige, who Page I think, by most people's uh, assessment is, is uh, you know, is pretty pretty easy on the eyes. So kind of a fun dynamic there quickly. Uh, Paige fires James Ellsworth. Obviously, well, we should do the air quotes, fires James Ellsworth. Uh, security takes him out, throws him out of the building, and we follow that backstage. Meanwhile, as that happens, uh, AJ Styles is distracted by all this, and Samoa Joe attacks him from behind, Uh, does that, signs the contract, and uh, throws the contract to table right on uh, AJ, uh, basically obviously symbolizing uh, what many kind of thought that Samoa Joe would be the next opponent for AJ Styles. Uh, Before we get to Joe's backstage promo, I'll ask you this. So uh, here's another one, though, right? over versus AJ Styles SummerSlam, no real chance that this is going to finish SummerSlam, is it? Nope.
1: All right. Even though it should, um, I'm, I'm, you know, let's talk about this after SmackDown uh, okay. about Reigns versus Lesnar. But um, I, I feel like it should because this has the best uh, chance of getting a good reaction from the crowd. I think Lesnar versus Reigns in in New York, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, brutal. The crowd response. Um, so I think if you want the pay-per-view to go off on a positive note this would be the way to do it uh, even regardless even if you have joe win it i think the fans would respond you know it'd, it'd be a positive uh, even if it's it you know superheated or whatnot but i definitely think that, that this match should finish but it won't look they had a chance to there was no reason that aj and rusev shouldn't have finished the last pay-per-view aj won a babyface one had a good finish it was a good match but they went with a match from raw for the ic title that had a, a crap finish even though the match itself was worked well uh, the finish sucked and it left a bad taste in, you know, people's mouths. And, uh, but they still went with that over the AJ world title match. So, you know, that tells you something.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be last. We can, you know, we can definitely talk about the rain stuff in a little bit. Uh, you know, but I think it's also a matter too. uh, this, this is us getting really smart. This is not, you know, what the average fan necessarily is going to be looking at, but obviously AJ, you know, the you know cover for the video game, you know, don't know, you know, which, would me lead me to believe he's not going to be dropping the title anytime prior to that, so he's going to carry it at least through the fall.
1: That's what um, I would think
0: too. Yeah, that would be the big that would be the, the smart analysis of everything.
1: Well, you could um, have Samoa Joe win it and AJ win it back because you need you need something for AJ right now, and he's kind of there's not <laughs> there's really nothing else right now. Um, I'm not
0: I, I hate the if AJ drops it in August but wins it back in October. I just hate the flip flop.
1: I agree too. I, I think it's weak, but. How else do you keep it alive? I mean, you get you get Joe getting his rematch at the next pay per view, and then you kind of have been through everyone. There's no one really, uh, there's no one really at that level waiting in the wings. You know, I mean, you could do Daniel Bryan if he resigns as a babyface versus babyface thing, but you know, we we don't know if he's resigning yet. And
0: it, you Be can awesome. tell
1: clearly he hasn't resigned because he's been looking pretty weak in this buildup
0: with the with the Miz. And if the Miz beats him. Well, I was going to say the Miz would be a viable AJ Styles challenger. Yeah. So, you could do that. Um but we see some Joe backstage, a uh, pretty good promo actually. I like this promo. Um you know, th- these live promos All th- you know, a lot of the backstage stuff obviously is pre-taped. This was this one was done I believe live and they they come off pretty well. Uh where, you know, Carmella says, you know, Joe, I, I wanted you because you're you're predictable and you have you're unpredictable and you have killer instincts. But what was that? That wasn't what I wanted and then Joe says, you know, that's you know, that that's what you need right there. It was a really well done promo. Um, certainly one of the you know little highlights I, I take from the show in uh, Samoa Joe there. So Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Uh, that's going to be what we're going to have for you know. But it's a straight up one on one match. You know, again, they, we we got they got they got a, a lot of mileage out of a and AJ Styles. So this could be you know Joe and Styles maybe you know especially if they start again doing the same formula of adding different stipulations and stuff. They they could occupy much of the fall if they feel like that they are. Short on uh, running through challengers for AJ
1: for sure, and I think uh, I think that's what they should do. Joe is great; he's great on the mic. He's one of the best promo guys in the company, in my opinion. Probably the best heel promo. Um, So uh, you know, props to him. I hope they I hope they let him loose on the mic and 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 really give it because I feel like Joe since he's been on SmackDown. Uh, it seems like they hadn't known what to do with him at this point and maybe that's that was the idea and just kind of keep him off of TV and not doing much until SummerSlam time. Um but uh I, I would have liked to see him with a little more steam up until now but I guess it, ultimately it doesn't matter.
0: But, well, and Joe. I mean, you know, Joe's gotten injured so that's, you know, he you know, he had a, he had the he had the brief bill to have the match with he and Lesnar last summer. Um, and then he's been injured. So I mean, it it it's they 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 if he stays healthy, I, this this should be the start of what should be the run that everybody's been waiting for, even if he doesn't win the title out of this, this, this should be the, you know, him in the title picture.
1: Yeah. But he had the, you know, the feud with reigns and, you know, which he lost. And I, and then he, he was drafted to SmackDown. I felt like after that loss, it would have been good to see him involved in a program to kind of get some of his heat back. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, just to kind of rebuild him up on SmackDown. And, and they didn't really do that, but still people see Joe at that level. So it's not like he really had to.
0: Yeah. Uh, We get Becky Lynch versus Carmella. Uh, Uh, Real
1: quick about Ellsworth. Obviously, that's clearly pretty much his swan song. He never really signed a contract, and it was just kind of a per-appearance deal. So he he signed up for some indie stuff coming up. So, yeah, he's kind of done with the company. It was kind of funny, Paige first calling him a loser or or something like that, right? And then later saying, we don't poke fun at each other on this show or something (laughs) like
0: that. I'm just waiting for James Ellsworth to resurface at evolution. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, back to the one when we get Becky Lynch versus Carmella, uh, this being if, if Becky Lynch um, beats Carmella, then that's going to make Becky Lynch the number one contender. Interesting was the promo with Carmella and Paige right before this match, which Carmella talked about how, you know, she's beat Asuka several times. She's beat Charlotte several times. Uh, I took note of this because I, th- we've talked about this uh, at length, Glenn and I, you know, where, you know, again, I could see a fatal four-way for the SmackDown moment title because, you're gonna have such a one-on-one focus with Ronda on Raw, and I thought Asuka, Charlotte, Becky, Carmella made the most sense. Uh, so interesting they mentioned that all those ladies in this promo. Uh, as of now, it's Becky Lynch versus Carmella, but obviously, still plenty of weeks to um, uh, to add in more people here. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Becky Lynch, Raj. Uh, that's, that's 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 a running theme of this show. I just, I think, I think not only in the ring, but I think she has a certain connection. I feel like the, I feel like the crowd does react a little more to her. I love the look she has. Um, I, I think which you know she cut a promo i think it was last week and just the 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 lock into the camera she had and the facial expression she made i don't know i'm i'm uh i'm, I'm all in uh, no september 1st pun intended i'm all in with becky Lynch. i don't know about you
1: yeah I'm, I'm i'm a big becky lynch fan you know that's the one thing with like becky and sasha and and bailey is they're so good and that you can kind of put them in the back burner for a while and easily bring them back and uh and so but that's what they're doing with Becky. I really do hope that Becky wins the title because I just feel like uh, the, the SmackDown women's title scene needs a jolt on top. Mm-hmm.
0: Moving over to the tag team tournament uh, that Paige had announced, tag team tournament, uh, this this one being uh, the New Day versus Sanity. We've seen these guys go around and around the last couple of weeks. Um, I think right now Sanity might be at 500 <laughs> in terms of the winning percentage uh, since coming on. Uh, and they get a loss here to New Day. Um, so new day advances, uh, in this, uh, in this deal, they, they will face the winners of the bar versus the Usos in the finals uh, Usos, uh, were also on commentary. Uh, you know, this, I, I gotta wonder, is this, is this the last, is this the last hurrah for new day in this? Ta- I mean, I, you know, they've been around for so long. I mean, I, I, it's gotta be time, right? You don't have to break them up. They can still say under the new day flag. they can still have the same music, still dress the way they do, still do media together. But it's got to be time, right? You know, in, in in the talk of okay, who who's next for AJ Styles and who's next here? I mean, is it time now for whether it's Big E or any of the three of them make a case? It's time to start pushing some of them as a single. I think I think a Big E for. Uh, you know, move them up the card and let them have a singles title. I think it, it's, it's gotta be that time. These guys have been around so long. They've done everything there is to do with the tag division.
1: I feel like it's been that time for a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is they're still super over as a, as a unit. They always get big reactions. They yeah. still sell a ton of merch. So, well, don't break again. I, I like, yeah, I, I agree. Don't break them up. They, they're still uh, aligned and they're still friends and they can, you know, still, you know, uh, do tags on TV on occasion, but, kind of break out more into – kind of like how DX did uh, for a while.
0: Exactly. I I hate how WB, they move with the trios of whether it's the Wyatts or the Shield or the the New Day or or the Riot Squad. I hate the fact they all have to travel as one with one feud, one storyline. Why can't you do what DX did? Do what some of the ones of the past did where they can split up to tags and singles and –
1: yeah, like the Heart Foundation, you know, yeah. Bret Hart and Jim Knight are never—they never had a violent split up or anything. They just, uh, and and the Heart Foundation later, the more successful reincarnation. They were all singles that were still, you know, they're still buddies. They're still a unit. I agree, man. I think, I think the New Day—they uh, they're so talented that I, I'd like to see them, uh, you know, do stuff on their own. particularly Biggie, I, I think. I you know, Kofi's been around forever. The one I think that could get lost in the mix is Xavier. Um, just because of his size, I I know that that just hurts people. But um, but you know, it's at ten, at the same time, if you got a possible main event guy in Big E, uh, why not do it? And you know, Kofi has been kind of talking about it in recent interviews. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, Big E's you know he's obviously got the look, he's got the size, he has great charisma. Uh, I mean, the people are behind him, so this you know I I I don't know. I I just I feel like. You're right. It's long overdue. You know, I don't know. I don't have Biggie's and age in front of me, but he still got, you know, he still got miles ahead of him. So, um, let's do this. You know, yeah,
1: um. absolutely. But they beat Sanity, so that tells you kind of. I think that kind of tells you where Sanity is.
0: Yeah, uh, and I and I just I go back and say this. You know, I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed. Um, at least people that I read on social and stuff like that that were disappointed that Nikki Cross didn't come up with them. And I said, similar to the Carmella. Uh, big cast Enzo situation. It's best for in the same thing. Best for Cross to stay down. Um, You know, best to, best to, best to get some more reps, get some more time as a single star and do some stuff in NXT than being just an accessory with the group on the main roster. Just because it worked in, in NXT. And the same thing with Carmella. Carmella didn't go with Enzo and Cass. She got more reps. She got to progress more. It obviously worked out for her. And then you know, we, as we see Cass and Enzo gone, it's it's worked out really well for Carmella. So
1: yeah, and you know what it. it... It might have hurt her overall I, I think sanity is kind of doa i feel like they're kind of dead on arrival they're not they're not really over with the crowd i know the nxt fans really want to see them do more but the reaction's not there even when i'm watching them i'm just thinking eh. and i like them in nxt but it, it, it's just you could you could tell they're not you know the management's not high on them uh clearly not on alexander wolf he's the one you almost always taking the the pins um i could see them doing something with killian dane but I, I just don't see much for sanity.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most effort being put into sanity really is uh, the entrance. They uh, they do a lot of TV things that are where they, the from the cameras constantly moving to the quick switching between the cameras to um, even having them walk to the opposite side of the ring, opposite of the hard camera, and they have a, a cameraman go through the crowd and kind of get you know, a, a lot of things. WB production doesn't normally do that. They're doing to kind of sell the identity of this this uh, in this you know dark group. But then once the bell rings, it seems like it's. Um, as you said, a little bit of DOA. So, uh, sanity eliminated so far in this uh, tag uh, tournament. People pointing
1: we out that Biggie about. is thirty-two. By the way, in the yeah,
0: Chats. so super. Yeah, so, yeah. So he's right there. He's right about where your prime age is to, um, you know, to to knock the door down. So
1: yeah. So I, I you know, Killian Day and I think you, you can tell he's kind of protected a little bit. So I can I can see them doing something with him, but as a group, I'm not seeing them go far.
0: So we get the lead up now to the main event segment. Uh, we see Paige backstage first with Ms. Maurice, and uh, their daughter. And uh, Ms makes a joke talking about how you know they're supposed to be a babysitter. We see Sankara. ha 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 ha. Um, come back it from was, the break. It was so
1: clear that that baby was a
0: doll. <laughs> well, Miz comes out uh, with the the baby in the carrier. Um, uh, cuts a promo. They they're gonna throw to the video package. a Video package full of um, uh, full of. of the lesser moments in, in the Miz's career, I guess, is the way to say it. Uh, then we see Dan O'Brien backstage uh, you know, basically talking about, oh, you know, some 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 mistake happened. I, I guess I need to say sorry. Comes out to the ring, um, stare down, and then the moment of truth, the Miz tosses the baby, <laughs> only to find <laughs> that it's a baby doll, of course, uh, at, at Dan O'Brien. Uh, attacks Brian, hits a skull-crushing finale. Cuts a promo, as only the Miz can do. Uh, wouldn't bring his precious daughter to a city like this. Uh, they're they're in Indiana, in Evansville, I believe it was. Uh, so great heat there, and of course the countdown clock on the screen for the Ms and Mrs. So uh, I thought this was well done. For I thought it was it was good because this accomplishes a lot of things. Obviously, obviously USA Network and WWE wanted to you know have a two hour infomercial to promote Ms and Mrs., uh, but it made a lot of sense because The Miz and Dan O'Brien, you know, seem to be building towards the SummerSlam match Even though they haven't officially made one but that seems to be what's happening So it, it, it did accomplish a lot of things without seeing too forced it, it at least is like hey, here's the show coming up uh, But it, it, at least it was relevant. It was appropriate timing because you know, we need to see The Miz and Dan O'Brien um, You know get this get this thing going so
1: Absolutely, I I agree hundred percent. You know, it, it hit all the buttons. It, it promoted the show. I mean, how often are they promoting something after? And and they do a segment and just sucks. You know, yeah. and but this, they promoted it. They built. You know, add another layer to a big match coming up at Summerslam with brian and the Miz, and uh, and it was entertaining. And I thought the Miz did a great job. I, I loved this segment, and um, I like that the Miz said the the uh the baby in the beginning was a baby actor which <laughs> i don't know how many baby actors you find on short notice you know <laughs> i'm mean, i'm you know it's clearly their actual baby uh, but anyway um yeah i th- i thought i thought it was great no.
0: and i have to admit i fell into the, the trap of where i kept the usa network Me too. on i kept it on <laughs> even as i was uh i think I was at a computer so i kept it on and i found myself i i for all intents and purposes watched the majority of the episode at least i caught on what was going on and, and i it, it, i've i've given all the other ones a chance uh, i fell off at some point with total bells fell off at some point with total divas i've given them all a chance yeah. this this one was this one was one of the better first impressions
1: yeah it was one of those i mean it was clearly um, it was clearly scripted you know it was kind of going from gag to gag to gag in a lot oh, of yeah. ways with miz you know going to a photo shoot and thinking of this nude photo shoot, and not bothering to when the phone cut off
0: to text to double check, you know? Um, because when, because when you find out you're going to a nude photo shoot, you just let it be and just get there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny
1: because Miz has been a, in a, you know, a bunch of movies and TV shows. Uh, you could tell he's acting during the whole, the whole thing, but Mar- Maurice seemed genuine with her reaction and, and, uh, and the the other spots in the show where Miz thinks she's having contraptions and you know might be going into labor, uh, you can tell he's acting. But Maurice's response, I thought, was looked great, like she was genuine. So I thought Maurice was the better act actress on the show than than Miz.
0: But you know what? That might be part of the dynamic. Is let the Miz just continue to ham because I, I again ham it uh, up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ham it up and let and let her have the natural reactions. I, I've said this, uh, I've said this for for several years now. I don't know about you. Um, probably in the last eight years. I've interviewed the Miz more times than anybody else on the mm-hmm. WWE roster because they make him so available for media in person or on phone. And, you know, he just he – he does a really good job. He's always on. He's always – he's always the Miz. He's, he, he rarely drops into Mike Mizanin mode. And I think that's part of the that's, – that's a big part of the success he has is that he's just always that ridiculous, over-the-top character. And I so run with that. If you're going to have a reality show, which of all the shows are, are scripted with a story um, – yeah, let him handle it up and then let her just kind of be the let her be the straight the yeah. straight guy to his 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 antics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know, I agree. And uh I think I agree with you. Like I I, I sat through it. Um it, it 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 went by quick. It was only 30 minutes. Total Divas, I think is an hour, so that, you know, that could drag. And uh it, it was it was entertaining. It's it's one of those shows I wouldn't seek out again, but if it's on after SmackDown, I probably wouldn't change the channel, you know. Until it it, unless it got started getting ridiculous, but it was is easy enough to watch. That uh, I think it's in a good time slot.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're obviously looking like we're going to build to Dana Bryan versus the Miz at SummerSlam. Uh, before we move off that, I guess I'll ask you right now. Do, you know? You said earlier you don't think he's resigned yet because he's not getting a great build, um, which I could see. I mean, I, obviously, a, a true sign will be what's the ending of the match. You know, if if Bryan has not. Resign, and it looks like he's not going to resign. You'd think you're going to get a Miz victory, right. um, since the Miz is going to be the guy sticking around. But if Brian does get a big win, and is and either it gets a big win or it looks like okay, this feud's going to continue on, then that would be the okay. He has resigned. So uh, you know, what do you you know? What what do you? If I had to, if I had to put you on the spot, if I had to you to be Nostradamus, does Brian, is Brian as Brian still? With WWE, uh, you know, after September
1: 1st, I I think so. And he's kind of indicated that he would want to resign. I think, um, I think it was Meltzer that reported last week that he hasn't signed anything as of yet, but, um, yeah, I think, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, he clearly doesn't like being on the road as much as he is. You know, he said when he came back, uh, he talked with Vince about when he came back about working a limited schedule and then boom, he's working every event. So I think if they can get the dates worked out, uh, cause I'm guessing it's more of a dates thing than a money thing. Cause Brian has said in the past that it's not really about the money. So if they can give him that schedule, which I'm guessing would be more like a Randy Orton schedule. I, I would say that he, he signs for sure. So I, you know, so I, I see him staying for,
0: yeah, forgot who's simple living. I think he's probably made more money off of wrestling than he ever thought he would in the first place. And uh, so yeah, it probably is about being around the family and, and his home. I, I I think that I think that he already knows he's whether it's been in a short term extension just to get through the calendar year or what have you. I I, I don't think that they I don't think that they're going to go into SummerSlam not knowing if he's going to be around ten days later or whatever the, the exact dates are. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think when it all gets said and done, I mean I, I'm, I'm sure. ROH and any other place would love to have him, and they would all they would you know they would back a truckload of money up for him. But like you said, it's not so much that you know if he can you know get the schedule he wants, still work in America, not have to go work in Japan. If you know, and again you know he's he's part of you know I mean he, you know look at look at look at the family dynamics. I mean his 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 sister-in-law is on again off again with John Cena, whatever that situation is. His his. Stepfather-in-law who's married to you know is is John Laurinaitis. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like he's so tied into the WB family. I just don't think that they want to shake that tree.
1: Right. It complicates a lot of things, like total bellas and total divas, and yeah. and uh, you know the the bellas are the star, and he's married to him, and he's you know a, a, a significant part of those shows. So, okay. um, but you know you know Daniel Bryan, he's always talked about like these dream things that he could do on the Indies, and being able to. Headline, the first ROH New Japan show at Madison Square Garden. You know, the first non-WWE show at Madison Square Garden since WWE went national. Uh, since 1960, actually. Um Maybe that's, you know, if he, he, if he doesn't see the WWE offer as something uh, that appealing. You know, I could see that, something like that being a motivation, but... Um, yeah,
0: but, there's, but there's, there's, still, there's, still so many, there's still so many things in WWE. I mean, you know, he's still never... I don't know. I, I still think there's so many things that WWE that can still satisfy him. Mean, granted, he's main event at a WrestleMania already, but, I mean, I don't know. I just, well, to, I to, mean, to leave would be, I don't know. I mean, we
1: really haven't seen those dream feuds yet for him uh, on SmackDown. There's a, a ton. You got uh, AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, Nakamura. They could do a lot there. So there's there's yeah. a lot that he could do creatively um, and a lot of you know really good matches if that's what he's looking for. Um, that are waiting there for him. I mean, he's wrestled them all in like tag matches and things like that. But uh, a real uh, or you know short singles matches on TV. But you know a real a real feud. I think you know creatively. I think that's something that would satisfy him. So
0: this um, would never see. This would never happen. But it's it's funny to think about. Quite honestly, Brian because of, because he loves the pure wrestling feel and you know and in, in the intimacy and he loves um you know, he loves obviously a, a lighter schedule at this point. You can make Dan O'Brien the, the the main attraction of NXT for the next couple of years, and he'd be more than thrilled to work with up and coming talent, to work in that intimate environment, to be part of the cool underground thing that WWE has, and to not have to be at a TV every single week. He'd be thrilled. <laughs> yeah. As, as would Triple H, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, put him in NXT. Uh, so that's that's one Summerslam uh, match. Uh, another one that uh, we talked, uh, we mentioned, we talked about Monday, and we mentioned earlier. We'll, we'll dive back into is, um, you know, right now it's Brock Lesnar's going to be at Raw this week in Miami. He's going to be there, assuming uh, obviously with Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns is going to be there. The promotional material has it as Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Now that doesn't mean that things couldn't change. We've seen that stuff happen before with the advertisements and promotional material changes. But as of now, that's the match. And probably, and I, I do think John Cena and The Undertaker are going to be at SummerSlam. But even with that, and even with Ronda Rousey, and even with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, Brock versus Roman, you figure it's going to be what's going to end SummerSlam, right? We're what, uh, three weeks away from SummerSlam? August 19th to 20th, yeah. Three and a half. So
1: yeah. if it's Cena or Taker, you'd think they it's... Start hinting at something soon, you know. Taker usually they start hinting at it, you know, with WrestleMania uh, quite a bit in advance. So uh, we'll see. Um, I think uh, so. Lesnar is advertised for yeah, as you mentioned, Raw this Monday night. Also, the Raw after SummerSlam. Well, let me ask you this: If WWE clearly wants to re-sign Lesnar, um, if they do by then, what do you think happens?
0: I think one way or the other, I think Brock Lesnar is dropping the title. I, yeah. I just, I, I while anything's possible with Brock, and he's a he's a he's a whole separate case study than than yeah. than what tradition shows. I still think it would be hard to see Vince move away from okay, even even if he knows okay, Brock, go do what you want to do in UFC. Even if it's a year, year and a half, you can come back. We'll do one or two more fight, you know, whatever. Even if it's even if they even if they leave on on amicable terms, I can't imagine Vince letting this guy go into another sport for an unknown amount of time depending on how this fight's go if he wins against Daniel Cormier then he's these there for a while. I just can't see him not having pulled the title off him and then and then once Brock gets into that mode of training for MMA, how do you get him back to pull the title off him later? I don't know, so I just think you do it now, you make somebody this is the chance to pull the tra- you know, look, how fitting would it be? I, Reigns versus Lesnar doesn't and I'm not a Reigns hater uh, by any means. But it doesn't move the needle to me the way that it would have a, f- a few times ago. I mean, I've seen – I've watched them. I've been, I've been present for, you know, all their live matches, for the pay-per-view matches. So I've seen it. Um, so it doesn't move the needle in that regard. But I'm okay with Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar if that means Roman's the guy who Braun cashes in on. As, as long as this results in Braun cashing in, I'm okay. And I would rather Braun cash in on Roman than cash in on a Bobby Lashley, a guy who they can still try to build up some more. But if Roman Reigns can beat Brock Lesnar and then the next night on Raw, if that's what it comes down to, uh, Braun cashes in there, I'm fine. Because then you have business between Braun and Roman that picks back up. It would be kind of a little bit of a fitting history. Braun made his debut the night after SummerSlam in Brooklyn some years ago as the Wyatt family member. So if it results in Braun cashing in, I'm okay with this. But I think one way or the other, you got to get the title off of Brock. And I'm a Brock fan, but I think that's what has to happen.
1: I agree with you to an extent. Um I don't think Brock should cash in soon. Um, Oh, no. And the reason being is because we have had to deal with this uh, this three year chase, right, of Roman chasing Brock and Brock finally losing to Roman. And to finally get there and then Roman just loses it right away, um, I think. It's just. What if it, then it's it, like that's all that you, those three years just you know you finally get that your ending that you want and then boom it's 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 over. So, I'd so rather.
0: What, what if it triggers? What if it triggers the attitude change that everybody wants to see? In, you know, he's been cashing on before. They're not.
1: <laughs> they're not going to though. Yeah. I I mean, they've had so many uh, times where. It, Turning Reigns heel would be the right thing. I don't see that. I don't see them doing it now after Reigns wins the title. I'd love for it. I hope you're right, um, uh, but I just don't see it. Uh, so I think with with the story that they're telling that we've had to put up with, even the, you know the fans have given up on it, but they've stuck with it. So if you stick with it at, now at this point to just have Reigns beat Lesnar and then two seconds later Strowman cashes in and just wins the title, I t- I think that it made that whole three years just kind of. Poof, you know. I feel like you get Reigns the title. Um, he, he, you have he'll be getting his mixed, you know, reaction still or mostly booze and defend it for a while. Then eventually, Braun, uh, you know, after he cashes in, and instead of just doing it after a match, cashes in saying, "I want to face you at you know whatever the year-end pay-per-view is called." This TLC now, right? Whatever it is. And um, I, I think you do it just, that way just because of how much time they put into the story. Now, fans are going to crap on that match. It's, it's in New York. Uh, they've turned the fans against Lesnar hard. Um, I think they should have done this title change at WrestleMania. There's no reason why they shouldn't have. I mean, if it was that the fans are going to boo Reigns winning, well, they're going to boo him harder here because it's a much smaller arena, more enclosed space. Uh, so
0: anyway. Bro, bro, I got the swerve for you, Bro. <laughs> this Monday, Miami, bro, you have Braun cash in on Brock there. And now <laughs> you take Brock out of the fold for SummerSlam, bro. And now Kevin Owens can't take away that briefcase from Braun Strowman at SummerSlam because already nobody would see the swerve coming. They would not see that coming. <laughs> My homage to, uh, to, to Mr. Russo. To Vinny uh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, let me ask this. What percentage of confidence are you that – by the time SummerSlam weekend's over with, that Brock's not champion?
1: You know, I I was 100% at WrestleMania, and we saw how that turned out. So I'm going to go 70%. I'm pretty sure Reigns is going to win, but you know know, them announcing Brock for Raw the next night does kind of throw a little
0: wrench in it. It makes it a little interesting, so... Well, you could you could have Brock win at Summerslam, and then again he gets cashed in on the night after.
1: Then you know what they shouldn't have him beating Reigns because they position Reigns as you know they they put so much stock in Reigns and uh, as and be, being pushing him as their top guy to have him lose again to Brock, especially if Brock is is leaving, uh, it it does them no favors. You know what I mean? It, it makes him real look really weak
0: at this point. Bro, Daniel Cormier jumps the barricade at Summerslam, <laughs> comes in. Knocks out Brock Lesnar. Referee doesn't know what to do. Calls it a no finish. We have to have the match next the next night on Raw all over again. Brock doesn't wrestle on Raw. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> he, hasn't <laughs> wrestled, he hasn't wrestled on Raw
1: since he came back. Uh,
0: after <laughs> right. So what a historic moment it would be if that's that where moment. I was going to lose the title.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. You got anything else? Uh, did we have anything else on here? Let me double check. Oh, the Raw viewership. Raw viewership is down a little bit. Um, but it was decent. Uh, it wasn't near the the record lows that they've been doing. The at the third hour actually did decent. Hold on, let me, let me wrap that up.
0: Well, it's um, also weird. This is a weird time. Summer. I mean, this is always a weird time of year. You know what I mean? It's like there's yeah. the least least amount of sports on. People on vacations. People are out of school. So they're doing. I mean, it, it, I, I hate to play that calendar defense, but I think there's some relevance to it.
1: Plus, there's and WWE also puts in minimum minimum minimal effort at this time of year, right? They're not throwing their big angles until. Until now. now, now now it starts building up.
0: Yeah, once all uh, starts, it should be.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's 2.8 million viewers. It's one of the better numbers they've had, you know, since uh, since May. Uh, the, the third hour really held on. Uh, it, it only dropped four percent. Usually, we've been seeing last week it dropped 16 percent from hour one to hour three. So there was some interest in that Lashley uh, Reigns main event. So uh, yeah, there it is.
0: There it is. Yeah, well, um, we shall see. As we are approaching, we've got three more weeks of uh, podcast to analyze what's going on in Raw or SmackDown as we build a SummerSlam, and of course, uh, the Evolution show, uh, still several months away. Over 50 women will be right. seen. A scene. I don't think over 50 women are actually lace-up boots, but maybe backstage cameos. Oh.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a Battle Royal or something on there.
0: And, and speaking of this Monday, you know, Brock's there, Ronda Rousey. She's back uh, from her suspension uh, this Monday in Miami. So Miami... Miami, uh, gearing up to be a big show.
1: Yep. So yeah.
0: All right, uh, Raj. Any final plugs?
1: Uh, no, nope. I think that's about it.
0: Very good. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Justin Labar. Share uh, shot reality video clips on Wrestling Inc. Got my uh, Wrestling Rally podcast, which you can sp- subscribe to all across all platforms, just as you can subscribe to this podcast. It's been fun. Uh, Glenn will be back next week. For anybody who's missing out on Glenn, you'll get your Rubenstein fix. Again, next Monday, uh, and I will be back next Wednesday with you guys all for your post-Smackdown talk. Farage, I'm Justin. Have a good week.